and welcome to Shots with Catherine, Conversations with Creatives, where I chat with creatives of all different mediums to get into what really inspires them. Today, I'm excited to welcome fine art photographer and graphic designer Vinnie Matthew. Her creative works have been published in the Inspire Magazine, Times Newspaper, and she's been a recipient of the Daily Deviation Award by DeviantArt. I first met her when she was taking behind the scenes photos on Caged, and I was so impressed with how they turned out. She also created the posters for the film, which did a truly incredible job of showcasing each character and their story, and even won an award at one of the film festivals that we submitted to. So welcome, Vinny. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. First question, what inspired your passion for art and photography and what made you decide to pursue it? Absolutely. I think I've been um, drawing ever since I was a little kid. Um, it started off with paper and color pencils and um, trying to just copy my favorite cartoon characters. I think as I grew up, um, I started um, exploring the digital media and I found it so much more better. Um, basically, the uh, traditional form of just doing undo if you have a mistake really helped. Uh, but in addition to that, I, um, I worked in the animation industry for quite a bit as an as an HR and I was astounded by um, you know how people were using digital media for various means I saw some amazing works and um, I wanted to explore it on my own so I kind of self-taught myself to use uh, Wacom tablets um, use Photoshop and then I graduated into doing digital works and digital art and Photoshop then moved into photography and now I do a unique blend of art within photography so basically painting within photography to create these um, amazing fine art pieces that kind of, you know, suits my itch to create something really beautiful. I had no idea that you worked in animation. That sounds really interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely, yeah. So when I was back in Bangalore, I used to work as a um, recruiter for animation. And um, it was one of um, the companies which did a lot of uh, pieces for Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Um, and I was able, I was quite friends with a couple of animators. I was able to see how they work. Um, some of some of those people are really talented and I've learned a lot about light and gradation from them. Um, I also was able to get my own pieces critiqued and, you know, having them see with an artistic professional, I really help my work. Um, I know a lot of them still do um, drawing and art um, on the side as well. So it's great to know about them and see how they work. I've been able to try and copy their styles or, you know, just gradually evolving them into my kind of work, um, trying to evolve that style into what I am doing, just kind of exploring. I think that really helped my exper experimentation phase in artwork. And then when I graduated into photography, I was able to get a lot of insight from them as well, um, which really helped me get a better um, view on how to work, how to use Photoshop, different kind of tools, and you know, probably some explorative ways to uh, fine tune your work. And so you talked about how you like to blend photography and Photoshop and all these other tools to create fine artwork. Can you talk a little bit more about what kind of work you like to create, what kind of portraits you take and mm -hmm. what inspires you there? 
Absolutely. So I've always had a soft spot for fantasy. I think um, I've grown up reading a lot of books, especially in the fantasy realm. So um, fantasy tends to seep a little bit into my work. Uh, most of my work are a little bit, you know, more into the fantasy world than a realistic world. So I tend to deviate towards creating pictures that are just so um, romantically beautiful or, you know, shows about passion and, 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 you know, like sweeping winds. And I, I'm, I'm floored away by films that are able to capture that essence. And I try to bring that in my photography. Um, so almost all my pictures have some sort of a fantasy element. It can be as subtle as, um, you know, uh, stretching a cloth to show that it is sweeping across with like a wind or, you know, bringing some sort of for Bollywood magic into the pictures, but um, most of my uh, pictures have uh, fine been fine tuned, um, you know, to bring in that magic. So the only way I can bring in that magic is by blending in art along with photography. Of course, you wouldn't get a cloth that um, you know flows exactly according to the way you like. So you need to get those folds and those wrinkles exactly right. And it's really hard to take a photo. So what I do is I tend to edit those things. So I tend to create cloths that um, that is able to blend and wrinkle exactly the way I want, or, you know, bring about cherry blossoms in the middle of a snow, which is impossible if you think about real, uh, realistically, but um, you can do that with Photoshop. Um, you can make anything with Photoshop is something that I believe. So um, I try to bring that in every photo, making it something really different. So a person can just be standing in my backyard and I would take a photo and then I would place them across um, the deserts of Sahara or, you know, underneath the waterfall. So the, the, the plans, the, the designs and ideas are endless. How do you go about working with clients to create the final visuals? Because I've seen you have a lot of uh, family and maternity photos. Do people usually come to you with some idea of what they want? Or do you get to know them? You pitch them ideas? How does that work? Yeah, so I think my niche is creating such, um, you know, such different pictures. Um, so specifically, I do tell my clients, I don't do a lot of um, mass editing. Like, for example, I don't do a lot of batch editing. Every picture is made with a lot of care and minute detailing and editing. So when the clients come to me, they know that they're not going to be paying for a lot of photos, but just for like, you know, some six to seven photos that are going to stand out and where each photo is different from another. So um, most of my clients who come back, who come to me, they already know that um, they they are more interested in just getting seven different pics rather than like 34 pics of the same poses or with the same background. Um, so I have had clients which come in with a couple of um, uh, requests um, and I try and, you know, incorporate them as much as possible. But if it isn't, I usually tell them off late because um, I know with the kind of variables that we are working with, if we are able to pull that off. But 99% of the time, if being able to 
you know, get their re requests incorporated. Sometimes I've got clients who've come back and told me that they would love to be standing in an Aurora um, back of them or in Alaska with snow. Or sometimes they like to have modernity shoots in the snow, which is really impossible because of the weather conditions and getting the lighting right. So I usually tend to edit it and they are like super happy to get those requests done. Wow. So what's the creative process like when creating these portraits? Do you usually start with some kind of background or world in mind or do you take the photos first and get inspired from that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I usually go with my creative juices. So how it works for me is when I, um, I, when I take a photo, I already have an idea of the kind of uh, picture it's going to turn out into. For example, if I see one of my clients standing a particular way and I make her pose with particular in, in a particular style, I already know that I'm planning to add peacocks or, you know, um, the color mood, the color theory, like I'm going to go with orange and blue hues that's going to bring up, pop out the subject. So I already kind of have a vague idea. So when I edit the picture, I tend to just follow that. Um, I do get various inspirations from Pinterest, Instagram. Um, I have a mood board, which kind of um, helps me go with um, what color theme I'm looking at. I try and ensure that all my pictures are different. So if, um, if one of the picture is warmer, then I tend to deviate towards cooler colors in the second picture. But um, once I start editing the picture, I think everything just flows in because um, I've been doing this for such a long time that it kind it's kind of second nature for me to realize that, okay, she should be standing on gravel for me to incorporate uh, a peacock into the picture, or she should be standing in the water if I'm planning to put waterfall in the back. So I tend to deviate towards those ideas, get those ideas when I'm shooting, and then editing it is just much easier because I've already got the variables in place. I think the major, uh, the major obstacle as a compositor and a fine art photographer is getting your subject to match with the background. And I know that a lot of people do struggle with that, uh, that being the main base of your eye trying to distinguish between a, per, a picture that is composited and a picture that is real. So I think the main subject would be um, the main thing, the main tackling object would be to get your to fool a person, to make them think that they're seeing a real picture in terms of light and gradation and shadows and um, all that stuff. So I, I think people tend to, um, you know, just deviate towards that. Um, they, they, they tend to go over the fact that fine art looks really good. It's just taking an object and placing it in a background. But I would say that more than that, it's more about focusing on these really, really minute details. Like where does the shadow fall when a light is coming from a particular direction? Or um, is her feet seen when she's standing, standing in sand? Or, you know, how do you match the subject with the background? Like if the background is more in a sunset and you take the picture during a late afternoon, you need the lighting to match. So I think those details are especially important and takes a longer time than most people know about. Can you talk a little bit about what goes into trying to light somebody for all these different backgrounds, because like you said, that is so important. I mean, if the, if you take the shot in bright sunlight and you're trying to make it look like a sunset, that's going to be really tricky to do in <laughs> post. 
yeah really so it, it's it's a, it's a really funny thing because i've always been an impatient artist um i've always been like oh you know what i want to draw something i'm going to get it done as soon as possible i think it was my husband that ingrained into me that you got to be specific with the details you got to be specific with the details and he used to chide at me and say that you need to take much longer in working with the picture and really zoom in on the details rather than just give it a bunch of overlays and just call it a day and i think that really helped me because now if i do a picture even if it is let's say for um some for a thumbnail and most of the people want to look at the details i ensure that all the details are in place so um for example it can be as small as um, a subject is standing in a beach um obviously you wouldn't get a really clear picture where the subject is standing and there's no sand at her over her at all so i try and draw sand on her so that when when another person looks at it um the eyes automatically ingrain it as oh the person is actually standing on the beach because look she's got sand all over her and it subconsciously gets into your mind um you don't notice it but your mind kind of translated as oh this looks like a real picture so i think most of my work just really goes in trying to fool people that you know yeah we actually took it on the beach uh, but in reality we would have just taken it in a forest where there's like a lot of trees and i'm just drawing sand all over her but um yeah to answer your question a lot of um, a lot of time goes into detailing so ensuring that all those small details are met is very very important um especially with regards to light like if 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 a sun is coming in through the trees how much of those how much of that light hits on your subject so most of the time people love getting these backlit photos where there is sun at the back and it looks amazing the scenery itself looks amazing so people tend to put subjects into the backlit photo not realizing that unless you have a really powerful flash or you time it right you're not going to get the subject in the same light as the background light because the light the light is hitting you from back so chances are you're going to get a salute or the glow of a light outside so um those light studies helped me because i know that if i'm going to put a subject um with the sun back i would have to take a photo of the subject with the sun at the back and then probably put her into a background with sun at the back rather than just trying to take a picture of a person where the sun is above and then put her in a background where the sun is at the back yeah that makes sense what do you use any sort of special lights or equipment what's what's your setup like mm -hmm. that's funny because i don't use anything i i tend to deviate towards outdoor shoots because i get like really clear pictures and as i sense since i already have a vision i know what i'm looking for so i time it just right at the correct day and um when the light is good i do a lot of indoor um uh, photography as well but again i just lean towards um external light i don't use a lot of equipment i think the most that i've used is just a backdrop and just probably um uh, a 
uh, an umbrella um but that's about it there was this maternity shoot that i had to do where um the i i loved that session because the the client was very experimentative and she um she wanted kind of like um an indoor setting where you know it's like only light is on her i think that was the only session i really experimented with light just to get that aperture and the shutter speed just exactly right so that i can edit it um and i think it turned out fantastic uh, but i think that is the maximum that i've worked with external light i think my major strength goes in editing so i tend to lean towards that and lots so of all i just need is a clear photograph and i know that i can work magic with editing and and i think as long as you're photoshop you don't need a lot of fancy setup i know a lot of artists are going to come back at me for this but that's kind of like my theory i think photoshop is amazing in the fact of the amount of stuff that is there in that small software is mind blowing i think a lot of people just um don't explore enough um and hence they don't know the actual weight photoshop has Yeah, I haven't used Photoshop much. I've done more Lightroom. I've used Photoshop a little bit, but I'm always just so amazed. There's all of these buttons and I have no idea <laughs> what any of them do, and I'm sure they can do a lot of stuff, but Yeah. I don't even know where to start. Absolutely. And I think what makes it even more funnier is because um Photoshop keeps um changing. So they have these new editions and with new editions everything changes in Photoshop. So let's say you know the A to Z of Photoshop, which is very rare. No one knows A to Z of Photoshop. You're always learning something new every day. But then they come out with a new edition where they've just added like a lot of new um new additions and new um new stuff and you are like wow it's like you know nothing about photoshop after all because you got to learn from the from the starting so there was a time um in my life where i had to take a pause uh from using photoshop and we were just getting things right and stuff so um i knew i was really well versed in photoshop and after a small gap i came back and i literally couldn't recognize the software because everything had changed they had moved buttons they had Uh, introduce so many new things that i had to learn from scratch so i think unless you keep yourself updated on those softwares it's really tedious uh but at the same time if you even know like 50% of what it can do it can work wonders for photography and and another thing that i usually do is i i i'm always learning like i love 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 learning about photography and um i love learning about um photoshop so um all my all my stuff that i've done is all self taught i've not had any professional mentorship or i've not attended any training of any sort it's all self taught and all learned on my by myself so having said that i i always tell everyone that if i can learn it from having like zero knowledge in digital media and um photoshop and then moving into having a full setup professional studio and having a career as a photography i think anyone can oh yeah absolutely and especially i mean these softwares yeah they can be really tricky and complicated and it can it can help if you have somebody teaching you but at the end of the day they're not so terrifying that you can't teach yourself if you have that drive and that dedication yeah i totally agree and then following other people helps as well i think i've learned a lot where um people use so 
just to give you a really basic overview, for example, let's say that you're cutting out a subject. Now, um, people use that feature for cutting out the subject because it's meant to be cutting out a subject. But because I follow artists from different realms, I know that people don't use that feature only for cutting out subjects. Some people use the same feature, let's say, for putting in subjects, which you wouldn't think of doing. But um, people do that. They found out a way to use those features for different purposes. So what I do is I try and inculcate those in my pictures. And then I realized that you can use that feature not only for putting in subjects, but you can also use it, let's say, for, um, you know, changing subjects. And then I learned something new like that, which not a lot of people are aware of. And I think that's where um, I was able to grow in my photography in the fact that I was able to glean from a lot of various other artists and try and put that in my work and experiment with it. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think it's it can be so helpful when it comes to staying inspired is just seeing what other people are doing and like, oh, how are they using that? Can I want to try that? But then while you're trying it out yourself, you get hit with all of these new ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, I um, I've I've gone like full stalkerish on artists that I like, I tend to save their work so that the next time I'm kind of like in a mind block, I look at it and I'll be like, okay, how did they achieve that look? Let me try that on a stock photo that I have. And um, that inspiration need not just come from other photographers. It can be as basic as um, recently, I just saw this digital art from a really great artist on deviant art. And I was in love with that work. And I was like, hey, that looks like a painting. Let me see if I can make it a photograph. And of course, I'm not going to publish it or commercialize it. It's just for my own learning, but it really helps. It really helps trying to experiment with stuff. And, and if you don't experiment, you're not going to grow. You're just going to go back to the same setup, the same um, color that you've been using all throughout. Like mm -hmm. I know a lot of photographers who just fall back on their comfort zone and will be like, hey, I'm just going to use the same color for the same photograph all the time. So if people are going to get tired. They're not, gonna, they're not going to find it very interesting unless you keep up to trends and you, um, you, fall, you change every photo. I think that's what brings a uh, difference into what you're doing. You moved to the United States from India. What was it like just trying to put your work out there and build this business in a new country? Yeah, that's that's a really, really nice question. So um, when I was in India, I, I, I didn't do a lot of commercialization for my business. It was basically just drawing. Um, I used to draw a lot. Um, and then um, back when I was in Bangalore, I started um, experimenting with digital media. Um, it started with me just writing letters on my Wacom tablet just to get the hang of, um, you know, how to do stuff. So I, I remember there were days when I would just write letters from A to Z just to get that flow right, just to get the pressure right, just to see um, how well I can do that. And then when I moved into the U.S., um, my husband actually gifted me with this amazing Wacom Intuos Pro, um, which kind of helped me, um, you know, make my make my art more better. Um, specifically, because I could just sit with the tablet in front of a TV and just keep drawing, and I, I think that helped a lot. Um, I was able to hone my abilities, but I still didn't think about commercialization or um, 
doing a business with it until I um, until a lot of people just started coming and asking me, hey, do you sell your paintings? Um, do you do this painting? Would you be willing to do it for me? And I was like, of course I can do that for you. That's fine. Um, I started that way. And honestly, I haven't had any proper marketing or um, any published marketing. It's just word of mouth. Um, I think the Indian community was great in the sense that if someone's doing something really good, uh, people tend to uh, come to you to either order from you or ask you about it. Um, so when I launched my photography business, it was really exciting because um, I had a, I had my own support group. I have a couple of really good friends who who supported me. Of course, my husband was there as well, and. Um, we were able to grow that. So initially when I started, I didn't think it's going to become a full-fledged business. Um, I always thought that it would just be like, hey, it's just a word of mouth. You know, she's just doing photography. But right now I'm astonished by the amount of growth it's taken because I've got people coming um, who's just heard from their friends or who's just who just stopped by my Instagram and was like, oh, you know what? I want to do a maternity shoot with this person. And it's amazing because I've not done any marketing. So it's just word of mouth. And in addition to that, I've also got people um, coming in from different parts of US. So um, I had a client who's um, who, who, who wanted a maternity session. And unfortunately, she couldn't get one because her husband is deployed. Um, he he works in the army and he's deployed and she was she was heartbroken because she wanted to um, actually have a maternity shoot with her husband and she couldn't. So um, her friend told her about me and she came to me and she was like, Vinnie, do you think that if he sends his photos from where he's deployed to and if I send you my photos, do you think you can composite them and put us together? And it was amazing because that was like a really great project. I've not done that before. and honestly it worked out amazing because what we did was we did a virtual shoot wherein um i from my house um helped her mother and her to take photos of her in her house and then helped her husband take photos of himself from where he was deployed and then put them together so they have a maternity session um and maternity photos where there are both of them together and it was amazing because um i think she really loved that. And she was like, if it wasn't for you, I don't think um, I could have got a shot with me, my husband and my first son in the picture. Wow. <laughs> so I would say it's good. Um, Photoshop has its uses and, and the business in, uh, in the US, I think, grew mostly from word of mouth more than anything else. Wow, that project that you just mentioned sounds really interesting what was it like trying to direct these virtual shoots to and to make all of that come together because i mean you got you got people in different places and different yeah. lighting and different cameras and then you're trying to put them together into a photo that's artistic but still realistic that must have been right. such a huge challenge it was i think it was honestly one of the biggest challenging projects i ever had um but covid helped us you know realize that we don't have to do everything in person i had um i have a friend um who um who wanted me to do her maternity session of course and that was when covid just started so she was under strict instructions not to meet anyone and we were just really being safe so it was funny because i think that was the first project where i directed her to take her own photos um via her camera while doing a video call um 
And it was really funny because we had like two phones set up where I would be talking to her husband and her husband would taking photos and then immediately he would show the photos on the video call and I would tell him how to direct the camera, how to change the setting. And after all that was done, she would send it to me and I would edit it. And honestly, it turned out one of the best sessions to date because um, we had a lot of neg we had a lot of flexibility to work with um, you know what she was wearing, uh, the colors, etc. But in addition to that, it was challenging because you're not holding the camera yourself. You're telling someone else to take the pictures for you. So um, that was my first venture into kind of like a virtual photography. Um, and so when when the other client whose husband was um, deployed came to me, I, I told her I did have experience doing it with another client of mine. But in this case, there are two people involved. So it's even more challenging. But it was really honestly a lot of fun. So there was this picture that we had decided where she's holding hands with her husband and her husband is looking down on her. So that was a vision. And it was honestly very funny because um, I was, her mom was there and her mom was the one taking the pictures and I was directing her mom to take the pictures. And we had to make her stand in such a way that, you know, just as you see people doing it with green screens and dummies, we had to make her hold a teddy bear and then um, kind of like hugging the teddy bear. And then we had to make uh, her husband in another country do the same where he's looking at this invisible person next to next to him with lots of love. <laughs> and it is so funny because that lots of love part was very challenging. And I had to, I had to keep telling him, think of it as your wife. Think of it as your wife. <laughs> but honestly, we got it. And, and it was so funny because the end, pro, end result turned out to be really beautiful. And I was able to compose them together. And it really did look like he was looking at with love at his wife, thank God. And it, it came out fantastic. So I think although it has its challenges, it's also really fulfilling to do these uh, projects where, you know, you're able to bring together uh, two people who are so much in love, um, you know, just who couldn't take a photograph because of various factors. So I think that way you're also doing something really nice and really fulfilling. Yeah, it's amazing what a little Photoshop and good lighting can do. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that sounds almost a little bit like being a cinematographer when you're working with a camera operator because then you're in a similar position where I'm standing behind the monitor with the director and I'm telling the camera operator how to move the camera and take the shot. And it can yeah. be great because in some ways I, I get to just focus more on the details of what's going on and watch the monitor instead of thinking about how to operate the camera. But then sometimes if it's say a handheld shot or one that has some really specific movement, it's so hard to not be the one with exactly. your hands on the camera. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same. Yes. But yeah, that sounds like a really fun project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I love doing um, a lot of, um, other projects. So uh, my niche is into fantasy. Um, and I love Indian uh, cultures, traditions. So in addition to all these orders that I take, I also do like side projects where um, I get this wonderful idea to do a project. And then I, and then I ask my friends if who are willing to model for me, if they're willing to stand in. And of course, everyone's really happy because they get good photographs of themselves. So <laughs> I usually don't have dearth of models, but um, 
it's really exciting. So the the first project I actually did that way was um, based on Raja Ravi Varma. Um, Raja Ravi Varma is uh, is a South Indian artist who's really famed and well known for his works. And that was back in um, really olden times. So all his works were uh, oil paintings of people standing with different uh, poses and different props. Um, I still remember it was back in India. I saw this painting and I was like, why hasn't anyone tried to make a photo rendition of this? And and I just, I, the idea just struck me while I was in India eating in a restaurant, looking at this painting. And then I come back and I loop in my friend um, and I ask her, hey, do you think you would be interested, um, you know, in working with me and seeing if we can turn this into a project? And she's like, hey, yes, you know, we can just loop in a lot of other people um, and we can see if we can get this done. So we were able to contact other models. I think it was um, four models just to uh, re be really accurate. And wow. I looped all of them in. And the next thing was, you know, getting the props and getting the, uh, the, the attire because it's, it's these beautiful ornaments, saris uh, with these amazing ornaments. And, and it's funny because all my models are um, dancers as well. So they had these really good um, uh, bowls of uh, jewelry and, um, you know, saris and they all pitched in and we were able to mix and match and stuff. And we were able to take photos. Now, when we took the photos, I didn't realize how um, viral it was going to get. Uh, but I, I started this and um, I think it was one of my first projects that got so much of recognition. And one of those photos is the one that actually won the Daily Deviation Award as well. Um, so it was it was beautiful because I was able to do a rendition of something that I really like and getting those oil paintings into life was amazing. Um, and, and those photos got a lot of recognition. After, uh, after that, I did see a lot of other people following trait. Um, we had a lot of people coming in with um, renditions of Raja Ravi Varma. But honestly, I think my pictures were my favorite because, you know, doing it from scratch and getting these people to model and then editing it to look at kind of like an aged um, photo, but at the same time with those beautiful attires was amazing. I think that was one of my bestest projects till date. Um, I've, I've, I've done a lot of other side projects after that as well. And all of them has done tremendously well. Um, I've done one with Indian goddesses. Um, then I have done one with, um, the avatars of, um, Kali, um, for Durga Puja. And I have one in the works, which is kind of paused because of COVID, but hopefully we should, uh, start rolling for that pretty soon. Ooh, what's that? Um, so I, I'm not going to talk about the concept right now because I'm, I'm keeping it under wraps, but we've, we've gotten the models and, um, I've got really good amount of ideas. It's not a, an Indian one. I think it would be more of a Western concept. Um, uh, but it, it, we had to pass it. We had all the ideas and props and everything, but we had to pass it because of COVID. Uh, but I think we should be able to reinitiate it once the, restrictions are over i've even got models flying in from um other states of us just to wow. be a part of this project so it's super exciting and hopefully we would see it come to fruition soon 
We'll have to come back for a bonus episode afterwards to talk about that. (laughs) Absolutely. And so you also designed the movie posters and the main poster for Caged. This was a film that just had so much powerful emotion behind the characters. How did you go about conceptualizing and creating the posters for this? Yeah, that's um, that's a great question as well. Um, so I think the major the major issue with um, designing film posters is you need to get the essence of the entire film in one picture. And I always say that a film has, let's say, even if it just has two minutes, you have the flexibility of bringing up the essence very slowly, um, you know, capturing people's attention and then just giving it a blast to show it show the climax or the plot and then wrapping it out slowly but for a graphic designer you gotta have all of that in just one single picture and i think that is usually the major obstacle uh the major the major roadblock um is basically you have to get all the essence the entire essence of the film in one picture and i think i really struggled that with cage because i know it was a really powerful and striking film and i had to do a lot of drafts because i wanted to capture that um the stark reality of what's happening to those women um the fear the element of um you know bring about that a little bit of disturbances that would um that would flicker in your mind and would stay with you even after you see the film because that's the first thing that people would see is the poster and then they would decide if they're going to watch it or not um so for me it was it was a really really um powerful thing um to be able to bring that into one picture and I am very, um, very close to this cause, uh, which the which the picture portrays, and so I wanted to bring that in. It was it was almost really close to my heart uh, with regards to the poster because um, I wanted to bring that feeling of um, hopelessness and fear, and you know that that stark reality of what's happening in the world. Um, my first my first reaction was, how do you do it? Like. You cannot just draw a picture because um, drawing a picture won't bring in that. You want to bring in that level of disturbedness. And um, so I went through a lot of drafts, honestly. I, I drew on paper. I, I was figuring out stuff um, on how to do it. Uh, what is the best way to get all of these four people in one poster and at the same time show what each of them is going through without giving a lot out, but at the same time enough to capture a person's attention. And um, even through, even with each draft I was going through, it just wasn't capturing enough until I came across um, one of these um, posters. Um, I was going through a lot of posters for inspiration. um, And there was a lot of drawings about um, you know, people being um, people being in different areas of life, um, and those captured my attention because it shouldn't be something that you see in a normal life, I, not normal normal day to day routine. Like you're passing on the road and you look at this another person, and you're just not going to stop and look at that person unless that person is doing something that captures your attention. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring that into the poster, that if you're just browsing pictures, you stop at that poster to see because it's captured your attention. It's, it's saying to you, hey, something's not right in this. 
do you want to see what this is about so that was what i was trying to do and honestly the the cast was amazing um they were able to do bring out this emotions that we had asked of them lisa of course the director she was even better um we we were trying to get the models to do a particular i still remember we were trying to get one of the models um one of the cast to do a particular emotion and she just wasn't feeling it and i wanted that particular look in her eyes and lisa comes and she's like imagine it's happening to you imagine it's happening to you right now how would you do it and 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 then the girl just just looks at me with terror in her eyes and i immediately captured it and i think that was one of the faces that i got on the poster as well because i wanted that look in the eyes of course we i did edit a lot in the poster with regards to um how they are standing i i touched up a little bit of their makeup just so that it looks um you know more blackish and starkingly um disturbing uh but i think you know it was it was it was collaborative work um ali of course helped a lot she was able to give me different perspectives of each shot so that helped um and lisa of course was motivating and the cast members was amazing as well um i think all in all everything just came together um and it was able to work on the poster the next was what colors to give usually for a posters uh, which uh, which touch on um you know such disturbing topics are usually portrayed in black and white just because it gives that stark reality but i didn't want a black and white picture i wanted colors and but at the same time i wanted clashing disturbing colors that would hurt mm-hmm. your eye and bring about that feeling of um you know uh, toxicity and um uh, and and fear so um i chose red and blue um basically because it's it's at extreme hues it clashes really well and at the same mm-hmm. time it brings about you know that imbalance of is it is it good is it bad that feeling of cool and warmth um portraying different emotions and i think it really it really went well um at the end and 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 the posters came out really good so glad about that they were very powerful i mean those poses <laughs> those those shots that you got and then the the elements that you put in like the poster um the poster of the character with the with the hand over her mouth especially that one stood out yeah 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 and it is amazing because getting those emotions and those eyes i think was particularly the toughest uh, thing but we were able to get that done and it was it was really nice i think i think doing that poster is one of my favorite and then seeing it you know posted across like anywhere per, a person is talking about the movie um uh, because they're not able to post the movie they they're posting the poster and every time i see it a little part of me just you know is so elated with joy um that people are seeing my art and they that's that's what they're seeing as a summary to the movie and it brings me such joy that lisa thought that i i i would be the best person to do this and i thank her for that as well that's it's a good point way more people always end up seeing the poster than seeing the movie <laughs> yeah yeah you know you the movie the poster is supposed to push people to see the movie and i'm hoping that it's doing that part that um, you you just browsing an instagram and you see this poster and you're like oh my god what is this about and that pushes them to see the movie so i'm hoping that it's doing that as well <laughs> I think it definitely is. If I saw that poster on Instagram, I would definitely stop. I mean, I I just I loved how for the main poster, 
you had all of the characters together and kind of just really hitting you with the emotion and overall vibe of the film. But then it was all this purple and blue and red and just really eye-catching and popping colors. And I feel like I don't often see posters for drama films that are like that. Usually, like you said, they're a lot more serious or stark or black and white. And I just, I thought it was such a great choice to have that bold color because it's, I mean, it was a serious drama film, but also just the, I don't know, just the way you use the colors. It felt very powerful. Thank you. Yeah, that was exactly my intention. So um, I'm, I'm glad that it hit the point. Uh, and I'm glad it caught your eye as well, you having a really seasoned eye. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because if, if you loved it, I'm hoping that the local audiences, you know, loved it as well. And they see it um, and, they, and they saw it for what it was intended for. So I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, it, I mean, I think, yeah, your style was definitely perfect for the film because it was very harsh and grounded in reality, but at the same time, the world that Lisa was creating and the way that she chose to tell the story where it was just the women and no other characters, like there was this, like we had this kind of male perspective that kind of followed the women around, but they were pretty much the only characters there. So it, it felt like the world that she was building had this kind of fantastical element to it as well. Right. Yeah. And I think that also seeped into the posters. So I tried to embodify that point in the posters as well, that there weren't any male views or any male uh, people in the posters. So um, if we were try, uh, trying to show someone it was either drawn, um, the, the, the salute, uh, there was this single taken of one of the cast member where we had to show her covering in fear um, over a person that is standing and that person had to be male and so because we didn't have any male cast or anyone I just drew the person I just drew the person and gave it like a black kind of a shadow just to embodify that it's the element that is there and not the person and similarly in the main poster we wanted a hand over the face um, so just trigger warning, but um, hand over the face, um, pressing into her face. And all we did was we got another female cast member to put that hand over the face. And then I used Photoshop to make the female hand into a male hand, like more rugged um, and stuff like that. And if you see in the thumbnail, I was able to Photoshop a, a man's watch onto it just to give it more of a male element. So even in the posters, <laughs> everything is female. There hasn't been any males present in that. <laughs> it's tr- it is amazing what you can do with Photoshop these days. <laughs> I do agree to that. You tell it and I get it done is usually what I say. Um, I usually tell all of my clients, don't hesitate to tell me what you want. You want to levitate over the ground? Done. I can get that done in Photoshop for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and for doing this interview. Where can we follow you in your work? Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Catherine, for this. Um, you can follow me in Colors of Photography at Instagram or just Colors of Winnie Photography on Facebook. Um, all of my work is present over there. You can contact me via DMs. I usually do take orders via DMs. Or if you want to stay in touch with me, Instagram is a great place to go as well. But most of my work is on Insta um, and on Facebook. And Colors of Winnie would be the place to find me. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to Shots with Captain, Conversations with Creatives. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Shots with Catherine. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help us grow, head to our Red Circle podcast page and donate to the show. Be sure to tune in next week when I'll be joined by film director and editor Paul Mizia. Thank you so much again for listening and catch you next week.